Hey everybody, welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic plan show planned out for you today. Very excited to have Tip back. It's been a while, so I am very excited to have him back. Now, while I am excited, y'all should be too. Make sure you like the show, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, do all of that good stuff to get your emails in the morning whenever we go live, which is, of course, every day. Now, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, anything at all, by all means, put them up in the comment section. We will engage them directly throughout the show. And... Uh, other than that, I am very excited. Tip, we're going to get a quick little intro from you here in a second, and then uh, we'll go from there. So today we're talking mentors and leaders, and we're going to be, I'm going to be asking you two about your mentors and leaders, so I'm looking forward to the conversation. Before we dive too deep into that one, Tip, you want to give us a quick 10 to 15 seconds, who are you, where you come from, all that good stuff. <laughs> Only 10 or 15 seconds. It's a bit on Only phone, 15 seconds. Me? <laughs> it is, really. Yeah. That's what we uh, like to do. <laughs> well, my name's Tip Cullen. I'm a an actor, so professional actor and former Royal Marines commando for many, many years. All up, I've done about 37 years service, 30 as a regular Royal Marines commando and seven and a half as a reservist. Now I'm fully, fully blooded. And as you can see, I've just come back from being a, a French Napoleonic general. So, Celevi. So rad. So rad. He's even got the accent down. I like it. <laughs> it's great. Uh, <laughs> don't say that to Sam. He'd be like, really? <laughs> well, he's a French Canadian. That, that's very different than a French. <laughs> I, I, uh, there's a couple of Instagram uh, uh, things that I follow that show off like the difference between Parisian French and Quebec French. And it is. It's it's almost like listening to someone from London talk about yeah. you know English and someone from Florida talk about English. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there is a, a very, very big disconnect between, even though it's the same language. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's get into it. Mentors and leaders. I want to hear from you guys. I'm going to start with you, Tip. What was the first? I'd say person that you saw as a mentor, not so much that you entered into like a mentor mentee kind of relationship, but just someone that you kind of target locked on and was like that dude. I'm like, and what yeah. was it about them that really caught your eye? Uh, it, it's a hard one to decide that, but it's, it's with hindsight, you can sort of look upon it, but in my early years in Ireland, Growing up, I think there were various things, but because I was very physical and you were pushing for, you know, team sports and things that I'd done, you looked at guys that were really, really good players, maybe about a year above you, maybe two years above you, and you watched the way the techers, the, you know, the technique, the way they played and that, and you used to always go, right, you know, it's follow it. A bit of mimicry, but but definitely not. But you'd watch, you like their spirit, and obviously you had a good captain of the team. But the only, the first, the person that sticks in my mind for being the first life-changing and who I still respect fully at the moment was my section corporal when I was in training for the Beer Royal Marine. Uh, and he he's an incredible dude. We're still, still friends, but his professional ethos and his sort of like, you know, robustness and making you become a Royal Marines commando, he was in a way quite parental as well because, you you know, he was your custodian. And I think throughout my life in the Irish forces, that's an important role for a corporal or a section level sort of like person. But for me, and I still think that he he was a life changer for me and what I was wanting to become. Mm -hmm. 
What do you think it was? What do you think it was that actually like more? Was there any one thing, or was it just kind of his whole being that really attracted you to him? To me, it was just him. His his ethos, his ethos for professional output, his passion for it, his understanding of it from his previous experience. You know, his he was pretty battle hardened. He'd been there, seen it, done it, got the t shirt, all those things, and he he was. He's, you know what I mean? He just, and I, with that, in hindsight now, and when I look back, this is a man like, and he's he's had a few sort of like, he's suffered quite a bit, maybe because of those experiences as well. But that bond, him as a mentor, or my, you know, my my section commander in in training, that bond stays the same. So he's quite open, and he'll chat to me as well. You know, if if he wished to, you know, what I mean, about relevant things because, you know, and he. I think that's quite it because it's a bit of a full circle in a way because that's what I would have done with him, and he did give me. I mean, I remember I'm a I'm an Irish man joining the Royal Marines, so let's just say I got some special flavoured treatment, and it was, <laughs> and he, but he knew it, and he didn't. It wasn't he never he never judged me for who I was just on my output, but he knew I think how to, and, and this is from hindsight. At the time, I thought it was just it was just hard. It was you know you had to go, you had to push and that. But as a, you know, as a young leader, as a young junior commander, he was a corporal, remember? So after Falkland as well, he's a corporal. But he was just pushing and he knew what buttons to press to get the fool out of me. And I think that was a unconsciously, or consciously now, that's what I see he was doing. But at the time, it was just, you know, he, he sort of knew how to harness and get the best out of me. But at the time, I just, his, his professional output, his ethos, and he was just so hard. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Robust and everything, you know, and physically and mentally. And he had that look in his eye that was always sharp, you know, everything, whether it be whether we were doing live firing or whether we were doing CTRs or close target recce's. He just was always on point and it always seemed to be focused. And I thought, oh, that's the sort of person I need to be. I love that. Like the, the sheer consistency of it is yeah. fantastic. Sean, same question. What do you think? You're very first. Right. So I hadn't really thought about um, back to my very, very young age of a young boy in England. So I only lived in England for 10 years growing up. And at the time I was a Legionited fan. And uh, but I also like I followed Billy Bremner and Bobby Charlton and mm -hmm. these kind of characters from back in the day. And uh, it's not that I followed them so closely that I knew a lot about them. But back then, the the news coverage, you know, you'd have uh, Bobby Charlton on the front of the front page and and there'd be a little article on him and and it might only be six or seven or eight paragraphs of uh, commentary on him and but there was enough in there to intrigue me to you know there was key words about his leadership and about how he he was as a man and and so that kind of intrigued me as almost an extraordinary person in kind of uh, uh, the ordinary life that I was living as a young boy in Barnsley. Uh, there wasn't any real large figures in my life at that point, except for maybe sports heroes. So uh, I'd never really considered that before until uh, Tip started talking about, you know, when he was a young buck uh, back in the day. And so uh, back into my military phase, then the first guy that ever uh, stood out for me as a mentor was a guy by the name of Ken Murphy. And uh, he's pretty legendary in uh, Canadian Special Operations. Uh, but at the time, of course, Canadian Special Operations didn't exist. And so 
I first bumped into Ken Murphy when I was a young fella in two commando. And uh, right away I target locked on him and it wasn't anything that he said or did. It was just a aura that he had about him. He just emanated professionalism and uh, he didn't do a lot of yelling. In fact, he didn't do a lot of talking. He, uh, but it's not that he was quiet. He just, he spoke when it need to be said and he did what need to, do, to be done. And he led by example. And by example, I mean like best in class example. He was truly, I felt, looking back on it many, 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 many years later, the epitome of the quiet professional that had yet to be turned as such in the Canadian Armed Forces. And it wasn't until special operations came along when um, JTF2 was created, of which I was one of the uh, original members, that's when the phrase uh, quiet professional came along. And I feel that Ken Murphy sort of preceded that phrase for me. And so I latched right onto him as almost a, not quite a figurehead, but an avatar for what represents what I wanted to become that didn't even exist at the time. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I get that as well. I know you said that, Sean, those are the old, uh, by example, it's a really important thing. And I think that set me up for the duration of it. Even till now, it's by example. It's, it's, uh, it's like, you know, do or was it you know, was it uh what is it um don't uh do as i say do as i do you know what i mean so it's the only you know I mean it, you you don't pontificate about it it's by example it's by your you by you by by your presence by your output by what you do by your resilience or your ability to accept and do things that that you wouldn't expect people that you were in charge of not to do mm, absolutely i have a question for you guys in terms of that do you think that there is a or at least i think there's a difference between mentors and leaders and i'm wondering what your guys thoughts are on that difference what separates you know someone because i've seen really good leaders out there but i wouldn't consider them mentors and i've had mentors that weren't necessarily good leaders they were just doing themselves so I'm wondering where that delineation for you guys happens in, in terms of uh, separating leaders and mentors. And obviously, they, you can have mentors that are good leaders, but I'd like to know what your guys' thoughts are on where that line shifts or what skill sets shift between the two. Tip, what do you think? Um, it is different. It's different. Leadership, I think leadership in a lot of ways can consciously be a bit of an acting role. So you, you're, you know what I mean? Cause you may have the same, like it goes back to that. You no, know, if you're stepping out the door, you possibly get into contact with the enemy. You know it, that, you know, the chances are that potentially some of you are going to be dead within the next five minutes. And when you're going out that door and you're in command or in, you're the leader of people, you have to look around, look them in the eye and go, yeah, we're going to be fine. Let's just carry on with it. But inside, you got fam, you got all the, the same fears, worries, and everything else. So there's a certain level of that, but you know it has to be done for for you to achieve this, and for not only the mission, but for you know for everything you're fighting for has to be done. You have to look around, give them that look, and there's a certain bit of pretense. Mentorship is is one of those, and I I, I don't know, I don't know. Sure, I mean, no, it's going going back to acting. It's not sure acting gig, but uh, I, a thing I created. And I was, it was like looking at, uh, should we say, 
the internet or the mobile phone and that social media spectrum where what was a mentor and this goes back to before those days i see a mentor of somebody you look to who was you wanted to be like because of all those richness and you know thing well not necessarily a leader but they're going they're good they've got that they got heart they've got you know they've got moral sort of like you know oomph that'll sort of make things right you want to be like them but there's so many people in front of that on your on your horizon that you're looking at there's also people that would be very very negative so look at a mentor a mentor somebody going right i want to be like that but you when you were before social media you used to you used to you know so you say harness a mentor i did not consciously maybe subconsciously but that thing on i wanted to be like them because i seen them work I seen them play, seen them fight, seen them socialize, seen their professional output. They were my mentors that I looked towards. Whereas nowadays with social media and that, they people, it's it's like it's like one brick thin. It's like that little thin layer in a veneer, and you go on there, and young people now, instead of knowing the person, socializing with them, working with them, blah, 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 watching their output, they'll see it on the TV screen and go, I want to be like that. And it's a very different thing. Whereas mentorship to me was all it was all the full spectrum of physical senses, the smell, touch, feel, endurance, everything. That's where I got, I got my mentorship. And I'm glad I held on to that. Whereas nowadays, it's a veneer of who your mentor, you know, ship comes from. Whereas leadership is a different thing because you've got to be, you've got to be that person. Mm, Sean, thoughts? Right. <laughs> right out of the park. You can just end the show right now. I mean, come on, come on. Uh, I mean, it's it's not it's not I don't say that because it perfectly aligns with how I think and what I say from time to time. It's just I just see that as the reality of things, the truth of the matter. The I mean, you can only understand it if you've lived it long enough and seen it long enough pre-internet to know exactly what Tip just said. I mean, freaking write it down on a piece of paper, publish it a million times and spread it around the world because that was straight up fire as far as I'm concerned. So I couldn't agree more. Now, what I would like to add to that is um, as, a, as the mentors that were mentoring me, you know, some of them didn't know they were mentoring me to some degree because I think that a good mentor um, uh, through that leadership by example, and I'm going to separate leadership from mentorship in a sec. Uh, I think that uh, a good mentor lives or uh, represents what you want to be and lives what you want to be. Uh, so it's not just a representation of it. They're demonstrating it in the real time. So there was, there was Ken Murphy as an example, that, but there were several other Ken Murphys for me that simply demonstrated on a day-to-day -day basis what I wanted to be like when I quote-unquote grew up. And so I think that mentorship can occur without the, the mentor, the mentoring person even understanding that they're mentoring someone. It, it can be both an active role and it can be a passive role. And I think we've talked about this in the past where you know, there's always eyes on you. Someone is always watching. And that's why you have to always do your best in these kind of environments where you have to believe that you are mentoring someone, even if you don't believe you're mentoring someone. Now, leadership for me is a little bit different. 
so when I think of uh, the first person that I considered as a good leader, even though Ken, Ken Murphy was an excellent leader, I have to state that as a young man, I separated the two with a very clear definition of that's what I want to be. So he's mentoring. That's what leaders do. And leadership for me back then was all of the skills, all of the how to how to move 100 men from here to there through a number of technical skill sets, through a number of higher level uh, educational courses, through command presence that was formally taught rather than naturally uh, embedded in someone like a guy called Ken Murphy. And so as a young, young man, I separated mentorship from guys who lived a life and then leadership as formally trained in that life. And But of course, as I grew older and as I became more sophisticated within the military, I came to learn that there's very much a blend between the two and a formal education doesn't always um, obligate someone to be a good leader and so on and so forth. And so I think that I just want to state that when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, I had a different understanding of leadership and mentorship than when I was 30 years old. That is a great point. Um, I'm going to, Kip, I'm going to come back to you on this just to get your thoughts on it in a second here. I just wanted to hit this up. Winterstorm, good morning, team. Good to see you, buddy. He states, a mentor helps the individual. The leader develops mentors. And I'm wondering what your guys' thoughts are on this because initially I was a little like, I don't know. 100% agree with it, but I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on it, Tip. What do you think? Uh, it's good because obviously listening to Sean and what Winterstorm says, uh, it's a quick one on the, on the leadership. And again, that's the old, like, Sean, you've seen it as like some, maybe something that you are institutionally sort of like, you know, educated in. But for me, leadership came to my, when I, when I became a corporal, uh, was my sergeant major, who again is another one who I call a mentor of the highest order, might lead a sergeant major, and he just gives it the older. Uh, he goes right, you know, what way, you know, what is a leader to him? And he says a leader is just like it's like you're a parent. So when you're, you know, in your charges or the people you're responsible for, you treat them like your children. Everyone might say, oh, it's a bit, you know, patronizing, whatever else. No, it's not. She says, uh, so when they do well. You obviously, you know, you're by example, so you lead by example. But when you're when you your children, when they behave, they do well, you give them massive confidence and you know, and, and give them congratulations for doing so well. And if they don't do well, then you constructively put them on the way forward. And if they're extremely bad, you obviously discipline whatever way you you need to to get them on the back of natural with them understanding what it's all about. So I thought, and I have to admit, that that sort of template was me from corporal right through to captain when I when I left the service. And that was at every level. But it was always about your children, your people. And like I say, with with the what Winterstorm said there is you'll uh, mentor helps the individual. Uh, again, I, I get that. It's an individual. Leader develops mentors. I don't think there's a connection. Leadership, I think, is very different to, from being a mentor. Like Sean said it there, mentors probably sometimes don't even know they're being mentors. You know what I mean? So it's that, uh, I don't think it's a, right, I am now a mentor. You can do, and that's a professional role, maybe even a corporate role, they say now. Yes, I'm going to be a mentor for young people. But it isn't. It's that. It's a different sort of thing. The, the word, to me, that my understanding of mentor is slightly different than helping the individual. 
But the leadership, leadership one is we do, and all across all the armed forces and say corporate management environments, we train people to move to the next level of rank or leadership and, and carry on with it. But and that's that's been sort of like tested, proven academically sort of pulled apart, put together again. And we've devised all different sort of like layers of leadership programs. But there's certain things. And I say, I learned this after leaving the service. So after 30 years regular service, when I started ActorTune, I'm in the group with a lot of very young people that are all like wanting to become actors and performers. And there's also all these layers of, to be say, political um, sort of like, you know, empowerment on certain certain elements to you know become this and i'm like thinking but become leaders right you know become leaders and be you know the, the, the person take a lead but i'm i'm like in a way and these are this is all driven by the 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 academic push on leadership and i was realizing there and at that point that that is complete nonsense you know what i mean you give like especially young people you give them that opportunity you feel it they have their own natural method and means of being a leader taking charge having a bit of mission command and doing something when so you say something you're a leader all right that's it but they do it their own way what you do maybe as a standoff mentor is guide make sure that their, their style of leadership it's becoming effective but it's theirs they own it they become leaders but in this academic world you had these young people sort of standing up you know running a workshop or something and all they were doing was being extremely loud and, 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 you know, with no depth of experience or understanding what a leader is, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden they, they have to be the loudest one or the, the hardest one or the blah, 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 one or that. And if you just let it all settle and you give little like nuggets for other ones, little bits of mission command for people to work on, you see this leadership just, you know, jail and jail. And even if you just kept them and never even mentioned the word leadership or, um, you know, who's in charge or anything else. And you kept them in a room, but kept them there and just living in existence for a certain amount of time. You would naturally see the people that just pop up and want to make life work better. And that leadership develops more naturally. Does that, I mean, do you understand like what, what, I, what I'm feeling when I'm trying to say it? Maybe I'm Absolutely. I'm not articulating it as best a thing, but it's just that there's just a little level of people that understand. And I'd say that's that natural leader rather than the, right, this is what I have to do to be a leader. And you're going, uh, well, uh, but that, and especially as you get older, that individual trying to be a leader stands out like a turd in a glass of milk. You're like, I'm going, oh, my word. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then that understand leadership just, oh, really? Oh, uh, you know what I mean? I, I've never heard that analogy, <laughs> but I'm going to use it from now on. <laughs> I got, I got, that, from, that, I got that I got that. from one of my mentors, again, from recruiting, who was a U.S. Marine Corps uh staff sergeant was a recruit training at, at commando training center limston and his word was you guys when you go ashore you stand out like a turd in a glass of milk and i was like going i want that and that's part of my i'm, going, I'm having that forever and that was 37 years ago that's fantastic uh sean any any thoughts on this yeah i mean i i completely agree you know with the uh, example that uh, to put out in you, you put a bunch of people in a room and make it really hot in there and not a lot of water and no food and see how it all shapes up three or four days from now. What you'll see is uh, it might be a little bit of Lord of the Flies after a while, but there will be some natural leaders that evolve up in that moment. And why? Because adversity will shape leadership naturally. And so uh, leadership doesn't bubble up naturally when everyone's sitting around in McDonald's. 
waiting to pay the bill. That isn't leadership. Um, leadership generally starts showing up authentically and naturally, unforced, when it's shaped by adversity. That's the force that allows the leadership to start bubbling up. So no one needs a rank. No one needs titles. All a person needs is to face a little bit of adversity and things, not the pecking order, but things will shape up throughout the day, throughout the week, where it's pretty evident who has a natural talent for leadership. And by the way, as the ebb and flow of the moment shifts, leadership will shift given the either velocity or the fragility of the moment or the certainty of the moment or the going in a completely 180 degree chaos moment, leadership shows up in different people in different moments in different circumstances, uh, surprisingly so. Um, and so I think the more you are in these unusual circumstances, the more you can understand how leadership naturally works. Now, if you can layer on some technical skills, some formal training, uh, tip of course, well, we all have done some uh, formal leadership uh, courses, uh, some several weeks, some several months. Uh, these kind of things help reinforce natural leadership and can create an amazing leader. Uh, but I think that some of the best leaders that I've ever bumped into had it in their bones well before they could spell army. I wonder, and I'm, I'm going to keep poking on this because I think it's a, a great line to kind of go down, is leadership can be taught, right? That, that is something we've all experienced, we've gone to courses, we've done these things, like you just said. Can mentorship be developed in the same manner? Could you go on a course like Mentoring 101 and, <laughs> and learn how to do it? Or do you think that it is a much more of a developed, like a personally developed skill set? to a point where you can actually actively mentor someone versus just kind of being being yourself as the example. If, if you get where I'm coming with this, I want to, I'm just, even in yourself, have you recognized the time period where you were like, oh, I, I guess I'm the mentor now. <laughs> what do you think, Tim? I mean, I, I it's strange. I, I for a, a charitable organization that helps um, veterans into the arts, uh, hats off for Bootsy. Which I'm, we're trying to get a play up in the road, hopefully next year, which which, which should happen. Uh, I've been appointed a mentor for for the charity, and I was like, "Going, but are you just what, 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 why, why, what, what?" And and basically, the the head, the chair of it, like, he's an incredible man. Like, he just went, "Well, well, that's what you are, aren't you?" I said, "What do you mean? What, 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 what? What do you mean?" And he says, "It's because well, you have you you." You're a mentor. You you can you can advise. You guide. You give this here. You give this out. You don't even know you're doing it. And I'm going well, but he said he had to have a a role, and the perfect role is to me designated within the charity is the mentor. And I'm going well, uh, and again, it's exactly. That do I need a qualification for that? <laughs> you know, that going, and it isn't. It is that role, and I I I understand that that that's what I I can do. So I do use it, and that comes from a life of of all those things Sean was just talking about. I mean, all those, you know, experiences where your leadership and uh, you step up to the mark. But I don't think you you step up to the mark thinking, right, I'm going to be a leader today. You just do what you do. 
and it just naturally happens. You do this, you do this. Sometimes when you're appointed, right, you're now in command of this, you've done this, whether it be a patrol, whether it be a, a subunit, whatever it is, you are a leader. So you know what that role entails. You know what your your you know your terms of reference for that role are. So you do it and you lead as I think. But everything that comes with that is experience and everything else. And as Sean was speaking there, do you know the biggest the, the perfect sort of like, so we say, designed example of the leadership mentor uh, bond or link. I just, as Sean was speaking there, it just dropped me just straight away. It is the classic. You get, if you look at a, a troop or a platoon of, of soldiers, yeah, or Marines, right? In that troop, you've got the leader who is a young lieutenant. And then you have a troop sergeant. As far as I'm concerned, that young lieutenant, even though if he's got the Mensa score of 6 billion million and is like Uber will be the next like president of the universe. The fact is he's still a young little spunk trumpet who's obviously just come in and he's like, going, right, this is it. I am the leader. And yet the mentor goes, of course you are young, sir. I'm your troop sergeant. <laughs> so there's that depth understanding, but the good thing, the good mentor, because I've met, bad troop sergeants and good troop sergeants, bad troop commanders and good troop commanders. But that bond, that mentorship of the troop sergeant, seasoned, understanding, growing, and a young troop commander who's got all the sort of like potential in the world, but at the minute he just needs a little bit of mentorship from the real world instead of the academic studies at a staff college. And he just brings him in here and, that, and it's that bond. So that bond and how good that bond is between his mentor, a troop sergeant, and the young troop commander, that, and that will, they will remember that for the rest of their days. And I have been a troop sergeant, I have been a troop commander and all sorts, but, but it's just that bond there and that development, see, the formative stage of that young officer and also the development stage of that troop sergeant. That's an important relationship. But I think that is the old, you think about it, the leader is the troop commander. But we all know he is a leader, but the troop sergeant sitting over his shoulder going, oh, really, sir? Is that the good idea? Is it oh, wonderful? No. <laughs> that's fantastic. Sean, you got any thoughts? No, I agree, man. I mean, that's right on point. You know, the um, if anyone out there is on the internet right now looking at the 48-hour-long uh, mentorship course for $200, save your money because you can't buy mentorship. <laughs> You cannot get a mentorship qualification to hang on your wall so that you can become the next internet legend. It just doesn't exist. And if you buy it, you're a fool. So mentorship only comes about through experience. Actually, mentorship comes about through being mentored by experience so that you can understand how to properly mentor. I feel mentorship takes time. Mentorship takes the situation where some eyes are on you and you don't even know why they're on you sometimes. Mentorship is almost an ephemeral thing at times where you can, I feel, I've been in this situation and I, in fact, I'm in the situation currently today where some people think that I'm a mentor to some degree and much like Tip, I'm a bit gobsmacked. Like you said, what? Ooh, is there somebody standing behind me? Um, it, it's, a, it's a funny thing to, it's a funny pill to swallow that um, when someone says that you're mentoring them and really all I think I'm doing is just trying to be a cool dude for someone uh, based on my years of experience. That's simply it. So, you know, the idea that someone can take a mentorship course, I feel is laughable. I think the mentorship course is called life. 
That is, that is very true. And I, I want to, I really love where this is going. I want to kind of take it back to something you said earlier, where you said someone is always watching. And I 100% agree someone is always watching. I'm looking at it from the, uh, from the other side. I didn't get the senior leadership experience within the military, so I don't have that view. But there was a point in times where I was looking up at my senior leadership going, what are you even doing? <laughs> and it was, it was an extreme because, you know, I thought I knew what I was talking about. Obviously, I didn't have that much experience, but I watched two separate uh, command teams. I watched a, uh, a warrant officer and a lieutenant, and I watched another warrant officer and a lieutenant, and I watched the how they worked together. And it was kind of interesting to see where I had a good example and a bad example. And I had a warrant officer who was, he really wanted to be liked by the lieutenant. And so he acted in a way that was, uh, I wouldn't say less professional, but it was less, um, he acted more a bit like kind of a kid, right? He tried to act like the 20 year old lieutenant to, in order to try to create that bond, but it was really not effective. And then I watched another uh, command team where the, the warrant officer was very much in charge of specific parts within the troop itself and the lieutenant was kind of overall in charge and so there was a very much of like a direct hand of i'm going to be a mentor versus a subtle hand of i'm just going to keep kind of doing my thing and everything will work out and i'm wondering if you guys have seen um <clears throat> if you guys have seen that that same issue where you have somebody who's trying really hard and failing and you have someone who's doesn't look like they're trying, but seems to be succeeding somehow. Tip, I'm going to come to you. What do you think? I mean, I, it's definitely that. I mean, those two scenarios you give are, that's it. I think, I think from my, from my experiences as well, and is it's another hindsight thing. It is that like what Sean said, it's, it's this wealth of experience you got. You do see that. And if you're, at that stage where you're engaged at that level, wherever else is, and you, you are, uh, you're not aware of that sort of like, I mean, you must be aware. You must be aware because it's, it's human beings, especially in that, that command relationship there, it's human beings. And if there's a certain friction or it's not working or there's, you know, the, that bond and that relationship isn't fusing correctly, it, you, you must feel it. If you've got an ounce of like, you know, credibility in your soul, you, you must feel it. So if, it was, if it's not, and there's a reason for it, it's got to be that bond and that relationship, especially in those two, again, it's, it's the troop sergeant, troop commander, sergeant major, uh, OC, regimental sergeant major, command officer, and it goes all the way up. It's at that bond. It's that, you know, you've got different levels and you're always going to have a signing board to, to, to throw things at. And that's whether it be a, you know another commission rank or whatever else. Uh, you're always going to have a signing board. So you've got to, you know, utilize that you know and, and carry on with it but if it isn't working you've got to know that yourself you've got to know that internally before it goes to this sort of more should we say official route as such you, you've got to understand it and i we've all seen it we've all actually seen it but when you said like you know, the, the senior officer rank thing i mean i've i'm lucky enough to to have met work with and because it's been a long career i've met those little rock stars the youngsters that had their own massive like you know intellect 
who've done well, but they've done well because of that mentorship with the real people at the bottom end. And they've kept that maintained it all the way up to four-star level generals. And they are, you know, and the people I personally know are incredible people. They're good people, you know what I mean? And they've always been good. And they've always looked like it's never been hard for them, but they're extremely hard workers. They're extremely, you know, on point doing staff work, looking after the people, everything. But they're discreet, and it looks like they're just like the swan. Not the old classic swan with the feet going below it. They're always the swan. But you know, there's somebody to be that sharp and that cool. But it's the way they, the way they communicate via the processes that they've got laid down, whether it be a corporate or a military. But also their ability to communicate with the, you know, the youngest, you know, newest recruit in a in a organization through to you know a president or a prime minister of a country. They can communicate. In the most, you know, where that person goes, you know, that they've had an impact on that person and that person remembers that conversation. And that's a quite a magical, magical thing, you know. So it's one of those things you've got to, I think you've got to, whatever working relationship you have and whether you are a leader or a mentor or considered as, you've got to make sure that that, that bond is, you know, I mean, it's, it's workable with less friction. Yeah, absolutely. Sean? Thoughts? Well, I think you make uh, a good, uh, you lay down a good two case studies chance, and uh, we've all seen it. And so what, what you, let's pretend for a moment that you were standing in the middle between those two case studies. You were being mentored in that moment, though you didn't realize it. You only realize it now, perhaps in this conversation, or maybe weeks ago, or a couple of years ago, or whatever the case is, maybe when you got out, maybe a year or two after you left those two case studies. But as you were actively observing them, you were being mentored. You just didn't know it. You were mentoring yourself if you were aware, because these were two opportunities for you to stand in the middle and see not the extremeness of things or the left and right of arc of how well it's done and how poorly it's done, but what you were seeing is contrast or context so that you could get a better sense of perhaps how you would do it or how they're doing it wrong. And so these are important moments that I think that as, as younger leaders or younger men in these positions, I don't think we fully understood the opportunities that were in front of us with these comparative case studies, if not for a good mentor explaining it to us that, look, you're standing in the middle looking at these two case studies, and this is what it should mean to you for the future. Uh, some people organically will learn that lesson magically struck by lightning, a Thor's hammer or a flash of light, you know, a little light bulb moment. Oh, I see what's going on now. Left and right of arc, I need to be operating somewhere between those two bandwidths and do a better job and learn from it. But that's rare that someone gets that light bulb moment authentic. authentic authentically. And so uh, I feel that the system, to be honest, could do a little bit of a better job or leaders or mentors could do a little bit of a better job injecting into that young person's mind. Hey, listen, pay attention to what's going on here. Uh, this is how you should do it. And this is how you shouldn't do it. Learn from this moment. Uh, so um, at, right now I'm stating that any young man or woman who's currently serving and you're seeing these kind of um, uh, distinct leadership or mentorship styles. Don't don't dismiss them as oh I'd never do that. What you should do is latch onto them 
as a lesson, uh, as an opportunity to categorize, well, I see how it could be done better by operating between these two extremes. I really like that. Um, Tip, you got any extra thoughts on that uh, before I? No, no, honestly, everything you you and Sean said, I think it's, um, I did exactly what Sean said there. And when you look up, you harness the good people and the people maybe you would not want, want to be like. And it goes that, you know, who, who you hold is your mentor. You know what I mean? So I think I've been lucky because the people I considered my, you know, the people you wanted to be like in some way. And this is it. This is not be, this isn't like, you know, the old, oh, well, I need to be somebody else. It's just, it's you take little things you add to your armory. And if you watch good processes and good leadership and good examples of leadership, uh, but I think it's just the way they communicate and their mentorship as well is you take pieces from it because you know that's that's the way things should be done. But obviously you can completely flavor it with you as a human being, but you need those little fundamentals and you take things from people. And as a human being or as an animal, I think that happens through our lives. Absolutely. I uh, I was just thinking that I'm when I was young, I definitely failed at this, which was active capturing of information. I, I would look around and I would see these examples and I'd be like, wow, that is a bad example. I am not going to follow that. And it would just be as a more of a passive, like, I'm just not going to do that rather than actively seeking the opposite of like, well, if that doesn't look right, doesn't feel right, who's doing it well. And then like starting to track things like that. And I'd never, I can't say never. I didn't do that up until later in life after I'd gotten out of the military where I started actively seeking those people where I tried to like, how do I, how do I get better? Well, I'm going to find people who are better. <laughs> I'm going to start doing what they're doing, obviously. But it's that, that active capturing of stuff of like that little piece works for him. I'm going to try it. Does it work? Not for me. Okay, move on. And versus fearing just kind of a passive, like, oh, well, that guy seems to be, his life seems to be awesome. Okay, well, he must have something I don't kind of deal. And I'm wondering if you guys ever experienced that or if perhaps you saw it in somebody else and then um, decided that you wanted to either change it or actively engage it. Sean, I'm going to come to you with, I'm going to come to you first with this one. But uh, awesome. what do you think? Well, uh, what, I, what I do want to say is uh, Tip is a case study in this. So let me hit you with this. <laughs> Yeah, you know, when 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 a guy's squared away, when he's got it wired tight, you know, you simply know. And I know that Tip is squared away. And here's why. Because he talks the way I like someone to talk. He thinks the way I like someone to think. He communicates the way I like someone to communicate. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to mirror him. That doesn't mean he's precisely what I like. What I'm saying is, I know that he's within the top 1% of people that I like to be around. And so how did he get to be that? Well, he learned along the way and he made some mistakes. He learned from them as we all do. And he turned out into tip the guy that I like. And so it's not, it's not that tip is a mentor as a title. Tip is a representation of a bunch of good choices 
throughout his life that got him to this point. And so it's less about how he ties his shoelaces. And it's more about, I understand that he's a guy who can learn in a way that I can appreciate through a body of work to represent a cool dude. And so it's not how he combs his hair. He's a representation of someone who, through a long trajectory, figured out how to run a good program. If he was a computer program, he's a good computer program. And so that, to me, is a mentor, someone who moves his way through life and gets to a point where I can give them a nod, look them in the eye and say, good job, man. And it, it isn't so much about all of the backstory. It's about what he's become is, to me, what represents mentorship. So if I can look a guy in the eye and say, dude, you're a good dude. Well, it means that he's a now a mentor because he knew how to get to this point in a way that I respect. And that, that means a lot in my world. When I respect a guy like that, it means that I can stamp it on paper that he's good to go because he's learned how to do it right so uh, that's my thoughts on that yeah he's also got a pretty amazing mustache which really just, like, <laughs> puts it over the top right <laughs> that's the second part tip you got any thoughts on it with the mustache obviously my my better half she despises my facial hair and she likes this this growler is probably the most honking thing she's ever seen in her life uh but i've said it's november so it stands to the end of the month then then i might get back looking like a 10 year old again but uh just make it showing mega kind words but i think what what we all are what i am is especially in our you know in the collective is i'm a very very lucky individual who's you know theoretically and practically lucky to be actually here on the podcast because of because of the choices we made and the service we had so you know we're survivors in a lot of ways and i'm lucky so when you get an opportunity when you are a survivor you look upon people that that haven't had that opportunity so we, we're so lucky and am i lucky because of my skills not maybe no no i think luck had a lot to do with it but what every person i know who's worth his salt or worth their salt is um is they want what they want in life is they want to be, they want to be good at life and they want to have, you know, they don't want to follow it. I did. I never wanted to follow a template. Unfortunately, maybe, maybe people, look, people look at me and go, Oh, you, you know, I, mean? so I said, well, I haven't, I've have never really followed a template. I've done where, where my heart, my passion has taken me, but to do that, no matter what your chosen path is, there's certain things that you should always have, have a goal, have an interest, be good at what you do. If you're not good at it, find out how you can be good at it. So that involves mentorship. That involves research. That involves looking at people that are good at it. So all I'm really am is, is the same as all of us is we just want to have, we want to squeeze every little ounce of wonder and oomph for life. And, you know, it, it be kind in our own way. We don't, we don't want to, pissing anybody's bonfires we want to completely to have a wonderful life and life is all about challenges overcoming challenges overcoming obstacles you know having the flavor the highs and the lows that's what life's about to me so i'm a very lucky person but the only way you can do that is 
is to look upon ways of or people that you like the way they do it and go, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. I'll have a bit of that. And when you're given opportunities to lead or take command or be responsible for other human beings or anything, then you do that leadership well because you know that's such an important thing for the whole community you're you're in charge of or the leader of because your leadership will will make that experience whether it's a life or death experience or whether it's a you know any sort of experience it'll make it as best as it possibly can so it enhances their lives and it enhances your life because i'm doing what i want to do be happy enjoy have adventures and you know that's what it is so yeah absolutely sean got any other points to add to that no, I don't, uh, other than uh, for any young folks who are going to be listening to this later today or later this week, perhaps, uh, these kind of things do take time. These kind of understandings do take time. Uh, don't be too eager or don't be too disappointed that you're not feeling like you're naturally leading or naturally mentoring within your uh, first year of service or your first year in your career. They just take time leadership and mentorship to be good at it i think can take decades now you can be natural at some of these things but be to truly great at it it takes time and um so be patient with yourself but conversely um while you're being patient understand that you can't expedite the process by uh purchasing that uh, 48 hour long uh mentorship program off of the internet and hang the certificate on your wall yeah just you wait there's going to be a collective mentorship plan <laughs> pretty soon here we're gonna get this started now i have i have one more question for you and it comes back to the beginning of the uh the conversation you guys were talking uh, i can't remember who it was tip or sean saying something about uh pushing the right buttons and i really wanted to touch on this because at least in my mind the first thing you got to know is what buttons are being pushed in yourself right when somebody when you have a leader or you have a mentor who is kind of driving you in a certain direction by pushing your buttons that doesn't always mean that like it's a negative thing but it can be right and so i'm gonna hit this with a little bit of a uh, little bit of a story all of the messaging i've ever seen from the from the US Marines, as well as the Royal Marine Commandos is the, uh, are you good enough? That's the, that's the recruiting message that I've always seen, right? Are you good enough? I don't think you are. You know what? Don't even bother. Just you're, you're not. And it's that mentality where young people are going to be like, screw you, man. You don't know. I'm good enough. I'm going to show you. Right. And so there's that, that little bit of a button push of, we're going to poke your ego a little bit, to see what comes out. And so I'm wondering from you guys, in terms of your experience and what you've seen throughout your ears, is there one that works better? Is there like, hey, I'm going to push your buttons in a way that is kind of positive, like build people up? Or is it the uh, the little ego jabs that kind of push people a little harder? What do you think? Tip, I'm going to come to you first. What do you think? I, uh, I think I, I was probably... Um... I like that. I, I, you know, in my formative years, that was, that was it. You know, the old, uh, you wanted to do it because it was the hardest. It was the best. It was the highest. It was the furthest. It was this. That's why I joined the core. But, uh, nowadays 
it's far more um to be say cleverly done but it it empowers individuals to get the best out of them you know and the the transformation in our or the Royal Marines you know, delivery of training that there is it, it's massive it is massive but it's very 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 positive rather than negative and it's it's moving the right way so the good thing is that they the the lines in the sand the challenges that are set for young people joining you know I, I can only speak for the Royal Marines kind of become you know aspiring Royal Marine commandos is uh is you know the the lines in the sand haven't changed since there. So really, it's it's a bit like I think you know when when I used to run you know cold weather warfare training like up in Norway or like say in Canada as well. Like so, you it's when you get um, people in that environment to test them, to push them to the limit. You don't have to work that hard because there's so many different you know individual things like their ability to ski or go across country in snow their ability to endure the cold what is the weather going to be like you can never book the weather there's all these layers you can just do it so because of your knowledge and experience and exposure to these like you know challenges it's so much easier sort of temperate and make it move forward because you've got that knowledge and experience but it's still it's i think things are changing the way we do deliver it but the individual challenges for young people are still there and it's still you know fundamentally they need to have positive role models and mentors for them to be able to overcome these obstacles so i think i think we're we're owning it owning it a lot better now but i still like to make sure that the boundaries get fully pushed so that you know people realize how capable they are and how robust their own human bodies are when they're in a safe training environment absolutely sean thoughts well if it if specifically we're talking about pushing buttons then i push all of them all the time and they're not just they're not just short term or midterm they're long term i'm setting time bombs into their lives that'll activate three and a half years from now that they're just unaware of. That's how I think as a long time coach in high performance. And so I'll push all the buttons. It, it, I, I, it's not that I want to make them cry, but if they cry, um, you know, I won't be devastated and I don't think they will be either. They will get over it. It all depends on what they want as an outcome and how much porosity they want to accept in order to move their needle quick or slow. And so, of course, I'm always going to keep it psychologically safe, emotionally safe, physically safe, all of the safes. But at the same time, if someone says, I want to be awesome, lickety split, <laughs> guess what? You, you, you can't even count that high how many buttons I'm going to be pushing on the short to long-term trajectory. So uh, I'm a guy that likes to push buttons. And sometimes it gets really uncomfortable uh at the receiving end and uh i've i've done it enough that i know how far and how hard i can push and sometimes i've got to back off uh and sometimes i've got to go harder it really depends on who's in front of me and it really depends on the circumstance uh of the moment and and perhaps the priority of the mission and so, uh, you know, I'm going to use a, a real world example, uh, the collective as a whole. I, I 
when I'm when I'm working with chance, I do push some buttons. And so uh, I'm, I, I, I'm a handful. And so um, it's it's not that I'm mean spirited, but I have a velocity and sometimes I have a ferocity. And it's not that I I'm trying to cut anyone's throat out there. But what I am trying to do is uh, move the needle on this project, on this mission, on this collective, so that, you know, when Tip came in, uh, I, I don't want to get into the details of it, but, you know, I think we were generally discussing that things are going quite well and that uh, it's, it's notable how things have improved over a period of time. Well, these things don't fall out of a tree by happenstance. These are things that take uh, a certain velocity to have a marked difference from month to month to month to continually seek more excellence, to be bigger, better, faster, stronger, more professional, not for Sean and not for chance, but for the people that we have on as guests, for the viewers who are trying to gain wisdom in every single moment that we're on here. Uh, so I take every minute on this podcast nowadays, much unlike six months ago, I didn't understand all of this. I didn't understand how it was going to shape up. I didn't understand the responsibility of the moment. So nowadays, if it means that I've got to push hard in the green room or after the fact or before the fact of the podcast, well, I will push hard if that's what required. And then when it's appropriate, I'll dial the throttle way back so that we can have a few laughs and we can nod our heads and say, yeah, we've been doing good this month. Okay, is everyone happy? Good, throttle time. And it'll go right to an 11 out of 10 again. I like pushing buttons. <laughs> I think that's the most accurate thing I've ever heard come out of your mouth. I like pushing <laughs> buttons. 100% <laughs> accurate. Tip, you got any, uh, any additional thoughts on that? Uh, no, like I say, it's, it's uh, you know, I echo what Sean says, the older, the growth, not, not the growth, just the, the evolution of the, the collective and the, the topics, the discussions, uh, what we're doing. I think, I think the titles today, like, you know, mentor and leadership is uh, mentorship leadership is it's so bang on. It's so prevalent to who we are as a collective and for, for so many people outside as well, you know, in, in the world, I think it's just a, it's It's really good to see. It's always great to have a, a discussion like this and, and just impart, hopefully slightly humorous stories or dits as we say as well but it's yeah it's really good but uh yeah cracking could chat all day with sean though you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but i could chat with you all day man yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> well we unfortunately i can't i do have to take my kids to school shortly so, <laughs> so i'm gonna have to <laughs> call it for the day but i i want to get some final thoughts uh just in general on anything we've gone over and uh just any thoughts at all you got left there tip anything just my my final ones again. Echo again what Sean said. It's just the older. Uh, for me, like life is is one journey. Never never look back. Always look forward. But uh, just do your homework, and look at people that look towards people that are that are good, yeah. And fathom that's the only. If you can determine which what are good and what are bad or poo, then that's it. Always go for the good. And take a little something from them, obviously Absolutely. discreetly, of course. I like that. Just, just as I'm going to throw this in here one more time, if it stands out 
like a poo and milk. <laughs> if it stands out like a turd in a glass of milk. Turd in a glass of milk. Thank you. I needed that uh, clarification. Sean, any final thoughts? Well, you know, that, that last little slogan there is a, a beautiful way to wrap things up because uh, I think as Tip said, that's going back, you know, plus of 30 years. And, and it's these funny little moments in time, these funny little stories, the, the, you know, the people that you bump into that you might only spend a couple of minutes with or an hour or two here or there. These are the standout moments for me when they're good people, when they're wise people, when they're experienced people, when they're not just natural leaders, perhaps, where they're qualified leaders and qualified mentors, but natural leaders and natural mentors, standout people stand out. And that's why I love these kind of conversations, man. As Tip said, I could talk to you all day long. And I suppose that is the way of life, man. If you can find people that are cool, that you want to hang out with, then it probably indicates that you're on the right track to live a good life. Yeah, I, I would agree. There's uh, there's so much more that we could go into on this and we could like, as you guys are saying, we could probably sit here and talk all day. Um, I just wanted to thank, thank you guys, Tip. It's been a fantastic conversation. I think we've actually been able to pull out a lot of really great information just from that. And if anybody is watching, if anybody is paying attention, you'll be able to pull those things out too, which is fantastic. So I, I don't have a lot to add other than, you know, continue to learn how to lead, build upon that leadership into being able to uh, seek mentorship. And then you can grow into your own self and be a mentor for others. And you can do that with us every day here on The Collective. We'll see you all tomorrow. Chimo. Chimo.